Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. The next 10 minutes are inspired by an entrance essay and a voice in my head. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to The Engine. This mom wrote an entrance essay for a kid. It was so bad. <laughs> I, I do these seminars at various high schools, and, and students email me their entrance essays afterwards. Entrance essays for college, that is. And it's not, you know pretty much every kid that can tolerate their parents is getting feedback, right? Every kid who has a, has a mom or a dad that's, you know, obviously and justifiably invested in the student doing well, He's going to, hey, let me, let me see that little essay. What's going on over there? And sometimes parents just get caught up. I'm not suggesting that, that this parent was trying to be malicious or trying to really cheat and stuff, but sometimes parents just get carried away helping their kids. You know, they, they want them to do well. So I get this essay from this kid, and uh, the email says, hey, here's my essay. Uh, can, you just, uh, can you just tell me what you think? You know, let me know if there are any holes. So I say, great. Now, Mind you, an entrance essay for college is very, very specific. You are trying to deliver a message about you, your character, your goals, your aspirations. You're trying to convey positive aspects of yourself but not be totally braggy. I mean, it's a, it's a delicate thing, but you have a very specific goal, right? And your goal should be, hey, we got to make sure we convey something important. And, and that's it. That's the whole goal. At the end of the day, if the entrance, or excuse me, admissions officer doesn't want to sit down and have a, co- a cup of coffee with you as a student, odds are, you know, things are looking dark. So I get this essay and he says, hey, uh, check it out. Let me know what you think. So I open this essay and I start reading it. And immediately, immediately, I know something's up. It starts out with this kid saying that he was walking down these sand, the sand sprinkled steps in, uh, in some beach house they were renting and walking past the, the boogie boards and the, the hamburger wrappers from our late night feast. I'm like, what kind of odd romance novel is this? Because mind you, this is supposed to be a 16, 17 year old writing it. So the second he starts talking about sand sprinkled steps <laughs> you know, his late night family feast. I'm like, ah, there's something going on. And as the essay went on, it just got weirder and weirder and weirder. And I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, what, what is happening here? At one point, he referred to himself as his pubescent self, having relieved my pubescent self of the need to incessantly check the draft feed on Twitter, right? That was the exact line. I never forgot it because it was bonkers. Like what 16 or 17 year old refers to themselves as a pubescent self. And then at one point, right near the end, he said, having gone, I I have made the full conversion from, um, what was it, Atlas to Dionysus, right? Dionysus, of course, the god uh, or goddess, I believe, of, of like partying and wine and whatnot. And it, it blew me away. I'm like, okay, obviously this is, this is out there. So I write him back and say, hey, look, these, these portions of your essay, th- these are really out here. I don't see a, a message at all. I don't see a point at all. What, what's going on, right? I don't hear back from him. And I look at the essay again a couple hours later, and in fact, the mom's cursor, it was on Google Docs, the mom's cursor was on the essay. 
and you know saw her little name on the cursor and I'm like all right whatever so essay was kind of goofy but the the reference to the kid as a pubescent self really gave me pause it's always this is years ago and it really stuck with me because it was obvious that when when a parent writes an essay for a kid the parent is trying to speak as if it were a kid okay as if the mom or the dad writing the essay is actually that individual student. And it's very identifiable right away because you see a completely different writing style. You see a completely different literary voice. Usually it's very dry and very fact-based and, and you know, all of these different things. But this one was really interesting because the description of my pubescent self really reflected a common problem that I see with, with parents and kids, which is parents obviously have gone through everything the kid has gone through. Okay, so like I've gone through the stage in life where I was in high school and then I was in college and then I obviously had a job and got married and had a kid and now you're the kid, you know, 16 years later, I've been here. So the parent has obviously some wisdom and an understanding of what life is like, but they fail. It's impossible to have the perspective of a teenager at the same time because you know too much. Right. Like the teenager doesn't view himself as a pubescent, you know, teenager. The teenager views himself as a person or herself, whatever. It's not like, oh, I'm just at the beginning of like my long journey. Right. We're a parent who's 40 or 50 to go back. They'd say, OK, look, I'm about halfway there. And, you know, this is this is how it goes. But that's not what's going on. And it struck me because. I've been going through things in my own life. And I've been trying to reference older age as a guide. So going through COVID has been extremely difficult for everyone, and I'm no exception. It has been extremely difficult. And in trying to find the guide, in trying to find the way through the mess, I've stopped and said, okay, what would Matt in 20 years, say, okay, when I'm in my late fifties, I have time. I have, I have slept well. I don't have screaming kids at me. What would that person, what would Matt in 20 years look back and say of this time? And 20 years from now, Matt is a wise guy. He'd probably say like, look, the, the pressures on you are extraordinary. And they're also temporary, right? Even in the best of circumstances, outside of COVID, having three kids at home is really, really hard. And he'd also say things like, whenever I get in a fight with my wife, he'd probably say, look, how much of the fight that you're having is actually a fight with this person or just a compilation of stresses on your relationship? And it's not really with that person. It's just you're more fighting with the situation because you're both struggling. So again, my 20 year from now self he knows some stuff, at least I assume he does. But just like it's impossible for parents to really have the perspective of students, it's impossible for me really to have the perspective of me in 20 years. I just can't. I just, I know that's probably what I would say to myself, but that doesn't change the fact that when I'm, you know, in an argument with my wife or I'm just going bonkers with the kids, it doesn't change the fact that I just want to like rip my hair out. 
And it's an interesting dynamic to have, especially with myself. But with parents in particular, I think there are two impossible perspectives. The first, obviously, is the perspective from the kid, right? No teenager thinks of themselves as immature and stupid. Teenagers think of themselves as the smartest they have ever been, and God willing, a 16- and 17-year-old on any given day is the smartest that person has ever been. The alternative is being 12, or the alternative is being like 7. So the 16-year-old looks at the 12-year-old and 6-year-old, they're like, that guy was an idiot. I'm a genius compared to that. So no 17-year-old or 16-year-old will genuinely think of themselves as stupid because this is the best they've ever been. Right? Likewise, a 50-year-old can never forget the 30 years they have in between, you know, being a teenager and now being 50. You cannot unforget the wisdom and experiences. You can't you can't even attempt to discount them. You may theoretically remember, but you cannot attempt to discount your life experience, your character changes, your your just empirical uh, understanding of the world. Because Again, you've gone through the experience. And to see this parent write this essay and refer to the kid as the pubescent self, man, it just it just goes to show the incredible desire people have to want that they, they want to understand. They want to feel like they understand where other people's heads are, how they're, how they're thinking about the world, all of these things. That's how we try to relate with each other. I want to believe that I understand where my wife is coming from, and I want her to think she knows where I'm coming from. But man, what an impossible task. We can try. We can try really hard to understand where each other is coming from. But if this essay reminded me of anything that has several times over, it is impossible to discount your life experience and actually understand where someone else is coming from. That could be age. It could be just two different people. It could be gender. It could be anything. You'll never actually know where that person's coming from. And although some things may seem so painfully clear to you, Looking back on the teenagers and thinking, man, if I was a teenager, I would know this is where I was in life. Man, it's an impossible thing to do. It's an impossible thing. To, if you actually were a teenager, you wouldn't have that knowledge. Being a teenager is not being a 50-year-old in a 16-year-old body. That's being a 15-year-old in a 16-year-old body. Being a teenager is an endeavor in itself. So the next time you get frustrated with people, the next time you feel like people are failing to understand or you're failing to understand, it's just this big debacle, man. My pubescent self. Remember that. Just remember it's exceedingly difficult, if not impossible, to really understand where someone's coming from. And it doesn't mean they're bad people. It doesn't mean they're not trying. It just means, man, you're asking a lot. So hang in there. I'm Matt Todd. And this is the engine that drives me. Go out and crush it.